It is Tuesday, February 27th, and this is the Weekly Impact Podcast. Welcome to it. Uh, my name is Brent Smith. I'm your host for the podcast, and today I am joined by Jacob Kingsley and our special guest, first-time guest, Mr. Bill Tackett. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you. Bill is somebody that we've wanted to get on here for a while, to tell you the truth. He's one of the uh, family members that I have on the worship team, and um, he just has a depth of knowledge and experience in his life, and he's somebody that we've wanted to come and be a part of this podcast to hopefully enrich it. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) (laughs) So um, today's chapter is the first chapter in the book of James. Um, So we'll go ahead and just jump right into that, and uh, we will go clockwise. Bill, would you mind starting? Then we'll just go clockwise with me. And just a reminder that we always use the ESV version of the Bible. So if you want to read along with us, use the ESV. Anyway, um, we'll go ahead and get us started here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises, and with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flowers fall, and its beauty perishes, so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, 
This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And that finishes up chapter one in the book of James. There is um, a lot in there. Yeah, there is a lot. And uh, I was actually watching the Bible Project a little while ago to get mm-hmm. a little bit of context and stuff. And they even said, with as much as we just had in there, they said that this book of James doesn't really start until chapter two through five. I was right. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I know you said earlier that this is one of your favorite books to mm-hmm. read and talk about. Um, can you give some context? Um yeah, or absolutely. even just explain why you love to read it so much and just talk about it. Um, so the context is this guy named James. He's different than the disciple of Jesus, James, that we read about in the Gospels. He's not the brother of John. James is the half brother of Jesus, and he's also the brother of Jude, who wrote the book Jude. Um, and so he's somebody who, even though we might not read a whole lot about him in the Gospels, he had a firsthand view of Jesus's life, mm. and I think that that gives some interesting perspective that somebody who grew up with Jesus is now heralding him as God. Yeah. Um, that I would never in a million years claim that any of my siblings <laughs> are God because I see everything that they do, right? Yeah. And so I think that's just a cool credibility type thing that his own half-brother is saying that. But he is writing this to, he says at the very beginning, to the 12 tribes. So he's writing mainly to Jewish Christians. Mm-hmm. And this is in the period of history where um, people are really starting to be persecuted for their faith. Mm. Um, it seems like we kind of bring in some type of new persecution every time we talk about a context, but yeah. it's true. This is when it's really happening. And so you're going to hear in this this book and even in this chapter, you're going to hear about trials and perseverance and mm-hmm. suffering. And that's why, because a lot of the Christians were for the first time being killed, being put in prison, being chased out of their homes and their cities because of their faith. Yeah, And so why I like this book so much is James does not hold any punches back. Yeah. He says exactly what has to be said. You know, he's like, listen, this is how Jesus lives and you aren't doing it. Right. So get your act together. <laughs> and he's just like, he says it straight up and, yeah. and it hits me in a way that a lot of other writing doesn't because mm-hmm. I'm like, James, you're speaking right to me like that. <laughs> you're so right. I don't do that. Yeah. So. That's why I love this book. Okay. And I know some of the context as well from the Bible project that I was watching, you talked about the um, persecution, mm-hmm. um, and they said it's believed that he was actually killed shortly after writing this book as mm-hmm. part of that. And he talks about how it, how hard it is to live this life and mm-hmm. and um, was killed shortly after. So, um, But they also said he is a guy that doesn't pull any punches. Right. And he just talks straight out, this is, this is it, you know? Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, observations. Out of what we were reading, did anything stick out to either one of you that you want to talk about? Something really did stick out, and uh, actually this is just kind of, um, you know, the general idea, you know, kind of for the whole chapter that, that you know, came to me, um, was to not let the trials and hardships that we encounter tempt us to shrink back from walking out and living out our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that can apply for so many different things. He talks about the different contexts, but that really, that does sum it up really well. You know, that that there are so many things, whether at the end he's talking about our tongue and how we speak or anger and all these other things, and so often it's when we're put in pressure situations or when we feel like there's something outside of our control that we resort to those things. And he's saying, don't let that happen. Don't let that tempt you. Yeah. 
And something, too, for me um, that I struggle with that is just a slow process of me shifting into more of where I'm supposed to be standing. Um, uh, verse 19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For, uh, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I mean, I'm so quick to snap sometimes on stuff, and um, I know when I'm doing that it is wrong, but it's so hard not to do it. So, um, yeah, that's just another affirmation for me to keep <laughs> mm-hmm. keep moving in that direction for sure. And then he, James, again, not pulling punches, doesn't mince words, and he says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. <laughs> like, okay, thanks, James, I needed yeah. that. Rampant wickedness. Rampant right. wickedness. I think um, right away one of the first things that, that really sticks out to me is in verse 5. Um, if any of you lacks wisdom, and that's me, um, <laughs> let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And then he, he talks about asking in faith, and it's a weird crossover that a lot of people kind of back away from this mm-hmm. because it's the name and claim it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I'm going to claim that jet and it's mine <laughs> now. And and it's it's not like that, but that there is supposed to be that we know who God is so much that when we we ask for things, when we ask for wisdom, that we're like, well, God probably didn't even hear me and God doesn't yeah. really care about me. Or are we confident in who God is? And so I know I need wisdom. Just last night I was you know, um, just spending some time in prayer. And I was like, God, I feel like I've been trying to do everything with my own knowledge, with the things that I think is right, um, with everything that I see that seems fit. And it's just leaving me exhausted. And so I was like, God, I need your wisdom. Mm. And so it's actually really cool that, that that came up in the podcast today. Yeah. Yeah, true. It is funny how that works, isn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, something else that I really like too, is like, even though I struggle with, um, anger and stuff like that sometimes boiling to the surface and that's something that I'm working on um I really like uh verse two going down from that because I feel like even though I do get angry and things a lot of times the core of what I'm feeling and and dealing with is this count it all joy Uh, my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and I've shared with you and some of the staff recently as well that I've really been going through a strange period where I feel like um in a way I'm being broken and kind of going mm-hmm. through something different. That's like uncharted territory for me. But even though that's hard and change is difficult and at times you, you don't know where it's going and why I know that it's a beautiful process because God is putting me through it to prepare me, break me and prepare me for the next phase of whatever it is he's taking me to. So, um, it took me a little while to get there, but, um, that really spoke to me because that's kind of where I've been lately. It's interesting that you uh, that you use that word break mm-hmm. because break is uh, it doesn't really bring up this connotation of feeling good yeah. or feeling comfortable, and um, that really jumped out to me um, in the first couple of verses. Um, you know where where you, James is talking about counted all joy when you meet trials of yeah. various kinds, um, and uh, you know it speaks to me in my life because you know that's kind of something God's been dealing with me about, you know, being so occupied with being comfortable, you know, and maintaining a certain level of comfort. Yeah. And, um, you know, Jesus, as he taught the disciples, you know, he's saying stuff like this. I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace 
in the world, you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh, you know, from John 16 and also in John 15 where he says, Remember the word that I have said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So as, you know, believers, Christ followers, we should not be surprised, you know, when we are challenged in our lives for our faith. And even when God is challenging us Mm -hmm. to leave our comfort zones, you know, and maybe step out into an arena or an area uh, to speak to somebody or maybe engage, you know, in a a place in ministry, you Mm -hmm. know, in the congregation. Yeah. Um, You know, so just know that, you know, Jesus never said that following him was going to be comfortable. Yeah. I mean, the one guy's like, well, I'll be your disciple, but, you know, let me go bury my father first. And he's like, you know, uh, foxes, what is it? Foxes have uh, holes and birds have nests, but, you know, the son of God doesn't have a stone to lay his head on. Mm-hmm. You know, so following Jesus is not meant to be comfortable um, if we are to be like him. And uh, I had done a little bit of research uh, this guy, Charles Atlas, I don't know if either of you guys have heard of him. You know, anybody that had read comic books, you know, way back in the day, you know, you read through and they had like the little ad section where you could mail off, you know, to get like Charles Atlas's 10 tips to become a strong man or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, get your decoder ring. Th- right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, but he came up with this, this idea of uh, uh, dynamic tension. And, uh, you know, dynamic tension is the name Charles Atlas gave to the system of physical exercises that he popularized back in the 20s. And, uh, you know, on Wikipedia, it says this dynamic tension is a self resistance exercise method which pits muscle against muscle to build strength. Hmm. You know, and, um, you know, what does Jesus say about denying ourselves, you know, taking up, you know, our cross and following him? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was the journey that the first couple of verses just took me on, you know, just in my own walk. You know, where in my life am I choosing to be comfortable and not, you know, choosing to give the Holy Spirit access to maybe nudge me in this direction? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I would much rather sit on the sidelines and just be a spectator and watch the ministry happen. And, you know, but God is saying, get in the game. Yeah. You know, there's a position for you to play. There's a role for you to play. And and it really ties it together, um, you know, there at the end. You know, if anyone thinks he's religious, doesn't bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. And he says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So, you know, going out, you know, stepping outside of ourselves and considering others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that tension, I mean, that's a good thing because without the tension, it leads to atrophy in every aspect, you know, mm-hmm. this, like, this is why I've been excited to get Bill on here because <laughs> being part of the worship team with me and being, being, um, so close with him. Um, I love where his mind goes with these things, where things get linked in the depth that he, he brings with these illustrations. So, mm-hmm. um, glad to have you here bill thanks for thanks man that. and it's <laughs> funny that you brought up the word after atrophy because yeah. i did have a thought about that um look at that <laughs> if if we're in the church sitting on the sidelines staying comfortable and not exercising our faith mm-hmm. we become like a part of the body that atrophies and weakens due to disuse 
And the effect is not just restricted to that atrophied part of the body. It causes other parts of the body to have to compensate for that weakness, mm. which can cause injury to them due to being overextended beyond their natural capacity. Yeah. So, you know, we're all part of the body, you know, in order for the body to be effective, all of those parts have to be working to the capacity that God created them. Um, so we just need to consider that, you know, maybe, maybe you're a big toe out there, you know, and you're not doing your job and it's causing pain in the hip yeah. because you're walking with a limp. So, um, any big toes listening, <laughs> you need to step up, do your part, which, unintended. which is funny to me. Like it just, while you were saying that made me think like back to what, what James is. He's like just the do it guy. He's the pull no punches guy. He's the spiritual physical trainer. Yeah. There you go. He really is. Yeah. He he wants this this whole letter is really him trying to whip us into shape into making our lives look like Jesus did. Yeah. In the midst of trial, in the midst of seeking comfort, in the midst of everything, do our lives actually look like we're following Jesus and he challenges us in a lot of different ways. And I think that that one what Bill was saying kind of towards the end if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Hmm. That religion is not what saves us. Religion is the outworking of our salvation. And so if my words, if I, even if it's not cussing, but if I'm just always talking flippantly and just not caring about anything I'm saying and gossip and talking behind people's backs and just, you know, being prideful all the time, what does that reflect upon my religion? It's saying that it's worthless. It's saying that it doesn't actually affect anything in my life. Yeah. You'll know a tree by its fruit, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and I really, um, one theme that I've had uh, for a while now, probably for three or four months at least in my life, um, is obedience, just simple obedience. Um to being open to hearing God and what he's speaking to you, but also to, even if you don't like it, to just go, okay, I'll go to it. Um, That alone creates a tension that I think is very, very um, good for you and good for your growth because it's hard. Like, the more you do it, like uh, working out a muscle, the more you do it, the stronger you get in it and the less uncomfortable and difficult it is to do. So um, if there's anything that you're receiving, if you're out there listening, um, I'll share a quick little story with you. But it, I won't go into a whole bunch of details. Bill was with me uh, on a trip that we took that uh, happened a few months back. But uh, anyway, the obedience just became this theme to me the whole time. So um, myself and I believe Bill and another person or two that were on the trip kind of started just going, okay, we're going to do what God told us to do. So it led to us um, asking people that were like, you know, working at a, you know, a waitress or whatever, asking her if we could pray for her because we felt like we were supposed to do that in the moment. And it was uncomfortable, but you do it because you don't know how you'd be received. But every time that, that I've done that, that it's been uncomfortable and you go out on that limb, it's so fulfilling when you do it because it pays off in some way to where you're one, you're following the urging that God gave you to do something. But two, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen it not help the person that you ask Amen. in some way or another, you know? Um, so I was on the flight back from this trip and I was sitting next to a woman and I, I noticed, I just felt the urge, like I'm supposed to look over at, at her right now, you know? 
And I looked over at her and she was uh, in the middle of doing something and her hands were shaking and I could tell that she was struggling with something. And, and just immediately God said, ask her if you can pray for her. And I was like, I had my headphones in, you know, I'm on the plane, I'm listening to worship music and stuff. And I was like, okay. Being spiritual, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, okay, I will, you know, having that conversation, you know, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to take a little while. I'm going to let it be like the right moment to do it, you know? So I waited and waited. And then, um, finally, um, like while I was waiting, this song came on that I had actually heard, like someone say, listen to this. And the bridge of the song was, um, simple obedience changes history. And I was like, okay, God, I'll do it. <laughs> so I, I took out my earbuds and I started talking to her. And when I asked her if I could pray for her, man, it was like something inside of her just was relieved and broke at the same time. And she started crying and telling me that she was really struggling at work and, and could really use the prayer. And it opened up a whole conversation between us for the rest of the time. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's uncomfortable, but you do it because you're being told to do it and you want to be obedient. And that ties into count it all joy my brothers because we also mm -hmm. talked about joy recently here at the church uh, a couple of uh, messages ago and joy isn't necessarily happiness um joy is the best way i can explain it is like a fulfillment like a a, a feeling of being fulfilled it's not necessarily happiness it's mm -hmm. you can be sad and be joyful at the same time so um i think that all kind of ties into that and counting it all as joy where it might be uncomfortable but you do it anyway and you're still fulfilled mm -hmm. in that moment well and i think too if you take just that one verse by itself count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds that doesn't make sense that doesn't give us any reasoning why that's against everything that we as humans are inclined to do yeah but he gives us the reason and he says for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing kind of like what bill was talking about just with tension and building muscle and, and everything that this conversation has been but so often when i'm comfortable when things are easy it's harder to see how Jesus is working in my life. Mm. A lot of times we expect, all right, God, I just want you to make everything calm, you know, calm the storms around me yeah. and, you know, make everything peaceful. But when things are going my way, when it's rocking and rolling and I don't have any problems in my life, mm. it's harder for me to see Jesus. It's honestly harder for me to learn more about Jesus and see new aspects of my faith with him because yeah. I'm just relying on what I know yeah. and what has gotten me to that point. When we're in those trials, that's where we see Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father. They are all involved in ways that we have never experienced before. And that produces steadfastness because then we are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt of who God is. And only then when we are convinced and steadfast in that, it says then we are complete. Yeah. So the trials in this life is actually a way that God uses to make us complete. Yeah, and I think that ties back into where I was saying I'm I'm feeling like I'm going through something right now. Like I'm happy to be going through something that's uncomfortable because I know I have that joy in him knowing that he's doing a good work in me even though it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of growing pains, you know, like as a in junior high and high school, you know, the sometimes worst. <laughs> you know, just lay in bed, you know, and my my legs and my my thighs would just oh, ache. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, what is going on? But, you know, that tissue stretching, mm -hmm. you know, and growing. And it's like, 
um, at some point that at, at some point that stretching and that that pain and that discomfort stops. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's because your legs aren't growing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we as believers, I mean, we really should, you know, try to lean into it and embrace that that dull ache. Yeah. Right. Because when that dull ache is not there, it's like, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm comfortable. I'm glad, I'm glad to not be in pain. Yeah. You know, but am I growing? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that, that kind of speaks to seasons of life too. Right. And we, we look at nature, you know, uh, yeah. winter time, you know, you don't see a bunch of leaves and, you know, fruit out on the trees, but you know, you do see the roots. Well, you, you, you know, the roots are, are growing deeper. Um, because that's what happens in that season. So it's not to say that we have to always be living in constant pain yeah. or that we can't uh, enjoy a certain level of comfort in our lives, but uh, to always be seeking, uh, you know, to draw closer to the Lord and to be, you know, growing in him and, and bearing that fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, what you were just talking about, nature and, and the roots going deeper. It reminds me of something I heard uh, about a year ago. Um, from someone who's a worship leader that um, I was listening to a lesson from actually and she was talking about the beauty of winter because on the surface it's ugly I mean you're talking about the trees that are out there in the forest you know there's no leaves everything just looks dead and ugly and if you walk around out there it's cold it's painful but the beauty is the fact that in those moments under the surface where it really counts is where all the life and all the growth is happening, where the roots are growing deeper and they're becoming more enriched and they're resupplying the tree so that when the weather warms up and they sprout their leaves, that they're they're supplied with everything that they need for that next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really stuck with me, you know? Yeah. Because there's beauty in, in the painful times and in the ugly times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the most beauty is in those moments, but it's you just have to know where to look to find it. Absolutely. Um, have we covered applications or do we have any applications we want to go into for this? We haven't really covered it, but James himself does not want us to forget about application, which is a crossover from observation to application in verses 22 down. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving Mm. yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. He's saying you're stupid, you're dumb, because nobody does that. I might not like what I see in the mirror, but I know what it is, right? He's saying you don't know what you're doing if you hear everything that Jesus has said. You hear all this and you don't do it. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. He's like anybody can remember what they look like in a mirror. Yeah. Be saying you're you're like worse than that. That that's what it's like that you just hear it and it's in one ear and out the other. And so I think there's so much that we can get into application on the other things too. But an application of this verse is when we hear from God, whether that's on Sunday mornings through the worship team, through um whoever is teaching that Sunday, whether it's throughout the week, whether you're involved in CR, whether you're involved in a family group, a small group, whatever that is, even if it's somehow through weekly <laughs> impact podcast. No. <laughs> um, but if you hear, like you're saying, simple obedience and we don't do it, mm-hmm. then we've missed it. Yeah. it. It's not worth It's a waste of time yeah. if we're just hearing things and not doing anything about it. And so James is challenging us 
you know, as you're reading through the rest of the book of James, you're going to hear things. There are going to be things that stick out to you that, that convict you where God is speaking to you and being like, this is, this is you. Cause that happens to me all the time. And so are we yeah. doing something about it? Or are we just hearing it being like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's good. Bill, do you have anything to add to that? Any kind of uh, application or anything to go along with that? I think just that, um, you know, the comfort, the, you know, seeking to avoid and mitigate the pain and the trials and the, the challenge, you know, I know in my own life that that, you know, had become an idol, you know, and I was spending my time and energy and effort and money, et cetera, in just trying to make myself and keep myself comfortable, you know, happy, et cetera. Um, but again, you know, that, that turns, uh, the lens in on myself, you know, and, uh, in doing that, I'm, I'm ignoring, you know, the, the opportunities, you know, I'm not even catching the opportunities around me. I'm secure, you know, God is taking care of me, you know, and he, he's, he's blessed me. He's given me all that I need. And now it's for me, you know, to become a doer of the word and be concerned with the 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 comfort of others you know and ultimately their eternal comfort um so application for me is quit quit uh, navel gazing you know <laughs> and and look around for opportunities um i was at uh, i was at a wendy's they have a great spicy chicken sandwich not as good as chick-fil-a <laughs> and um I, I do enjoy a good Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I walk in and there's a clerk there and I notice that she's walking with a pretty severe limp. Mm. And, uh, you know, sometimes I get these thoughts just flashing through my mind and, you know, sometimes I discount them mm-hmm. and then other times I'll actually kind of heed them. Yeah. And I was like, you know, why don't you pray for her? You know, like mm-hmm. like your experience in the restaurant, you know, with the, the waitress. Um, so I, I placed my order and I said, uh, uh, what, um, you know, what, what's, what's the issue with your foot or whatever. And, uh, she went on to explain that she had been in a car accident when she was like six years old and, you know, had some brain trauma and, uh, you know, there was a a disconnect between the muscle memory, you know, Hmm. uh, she lost that muscle memory. So she had issues walking Hmm. and, uh, you know, I said, would you mind if I, I prayed for you? And uh, she's like, no, that's fine, you know. So I just kind of bowed my head and, you know, started praying for her. And she reached across the counter, you know, to hold my hand mm. while I was praying for her. And, uh, you know, I, I placed my, my other hand on top of her hand and, uh, you know, prayed for her and, you know, yeah. blessed her. And, you know, just this 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 huge grin came across her face. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you were talking about uh, the reward, yeah. right, of, of obedience. Um I mean, we don't always get that or see that reward, but it was a uh, it was a wonderful validation, you know. The Lord just kind of winking at me, yeah. you know, for kind of stepping stepping up and stepping out uh, into the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a attaboy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's so cool that I mean, just bringing that the topic of prayer into what James is already talking about. That so often it's almost an instinct for me to use prayer as like a a personal bubble to pray for my comfort for Mm. things just in my life that I don't really like. I don't like how they are. And so I'm going to pray. Yeah. And it's the right spiritual thing to do or so it seems, but 
prayer is so much more than that. The prayer is not to make us comfortable. Prayer is not just a tool to help eliminate things that we don't like in our life. Yeah. Prayer is that connection with God, that conversation with God, but it's a way to bless others. It's a way to speak into other people's life, That's right. yeah. to spread the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I'm guilty so often of using it as Jacob Kingsley self-defense, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good segue, though. I mean, if we're done with application, we can go ahead and move into prayer with that and finish up today. Um, would either one of you like to pray? I'll pray if not. I didn't know. Bill, would you like to pray? Sure. Okay. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to uh, to speak with brothers and with the greater community. Um, just uh, ask that these words would be like seeds to uh, the hearts of those that, that hear them and that your spirit would come and water those words and uh Bring a bring a fruit and a, and a harvest in in all of our lives, God. Um, I thank you for our leaders that allow us this opportunity to uh, to record this podcast and uh, bless this effort. And um, I, I just thank you for it, God. Uh, we just lift you up and look forward to all that you are uh, bringing forth uh, in and through this community. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that finishes up for another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, thank you, Bill, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jacob, as always. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and thank you, all you listeners out there, um, for joining us today and every week. Um, as I always say, if you like what you're hearing, please spread the word. Um, because all that we want to do with this podcast is reach more people with the Word of God. And we hope that the conversations that we're having here open up the Word of God and really expand it and help people really understand the richness of what has been spoken to us in His, in his perfect Word through the Bible. So um, spread it around. Um, do what you can. But uh, if nothing else, join us again next week. So uh, for the Weekly Impact Podcast, for everybody here at the church um, and everybody here around the table, just wanted to say thank you again so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Next week.